What's happening? It's Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. Do me a favor and go like the Facebook page. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have time after all that, be sure to share this episode with your friends and maybe even subscribe if you get a chance. Um, if If you can, write a nice review on iTunes. That goes a long way to help the podcast. So for this episode, I traveled out to an after-work uh, spot I like to frequent in Downers Grove, Alter Brewing, and I sat down with co-founder and head brewer Mark Hedrick and uh, president and co-founder David Yob. We had a good time talking about the Alter story, their tap room, distribution, future plans, uh, their lab, and most of all, hop rubs. Those are awesome. Uh, basically, we spray doll fields. Go check them out on Facebook and their website and follow them on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, a special thanks to their marketing guy, Adam, for hooking this up. And just sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the Alter story. All right, welcome into a new episode here at Alter Brewing of Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. I'm in, uh, we're in Downers Grove, right? Downers Grove? Is that what you guys are considered? That's right. The The entire day we're here. The DG, is that what they call it? No? Yeah, the DG. (laughs) Sounds better than Downers. Yeah. I'm sitting here with uh, Mark and David. Give me your title and what you guys do here at Alter Brewing. Uh, well, I'm one of the co-founders and head brewer. And I'm also a co-founder. This is David. Um, and I make sure that uh, Mark has everything he needs to make awesome beer. Business support, huh? What would your title be? Are they give you an official title or are you just like dude that helps with everything? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we really have official titles maybe i just make sure i'm head of business operations head of business that sounds good that sounds even way more professional so i'm we're, what are we in this is like a party space right on the upstairs area of alter brewing yeah, originally our office uh, outgrew it and now this has been turned into a little loft area for a little uh, party up here yeah, and if you guys have ever been here, it's you probably wouldn't notice it unless you've been up here before. Because I've sat in that tap room a million times, and I was shocked when you moved those chains for the stairs. <laughs> it's a whole other little world up here. So you guys rent out this space along with the barrel room as well. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. This, uh, like Mark was saying, we used to sit right here, and this is where we had our computers and typed into our, you know, our accounting system and all that boring stuff. And we was like, let's make it a little more fun. So we put a couch in, and people had, you know. It's kind of a suburban community, so we have moms and dads. They'll come here, you know, they'll get togethers, whatever, birthday parties, whatever, and they they come up here for a small group. And the barrel room holds about um, holds about thirty five up here, and the barrel room's about seventy five to a hundred. So bigger parties back there. And I noticed like a nice wall of barrels. So it's probably some good stuff that you've been putting into those barrels, then, huh, Mark? Well, we're trying. <laughs> uh, Every year we're adding to our barrel program, coming up with new stuff, variants of old stuff that worked. Um, problem is waiting, right? Yeah, right. That's what. Well, that's every beer junkie's problem is when's the next uh, barrel age release? When can I wait in line for your beer? Um, but tell me a little bit about what uh, what made this place real. I mean, did you guys start off in the same old like home brewer type deal or? Well, I, how far do you want to go back? I, I want the whole I'm thing. Because I'm old. I'm go old. for it. You can tell them how old you are if you uh, want. <laughs> well, back in the or mid-70s, uh, I used to uh, frequent the local watering hole with my father as a little kid playing pinball. Didn't we all? Uh, drinking fountain Cokes and eating all kinds of unlimited unhealthy chips. 
Um, but anyway, uh, got a job offer there to just basically clean up the place. That was my first uh, experience in the bar business. And then fast forward, uh, high school, college, I kind of worked in a liquor store and got familiar with a lot of the beer back then. Didn't really like beer that much. Um, drinking all the macros all the time with my buddies uh, just to have fun. But didn't really enjoy it. Um, and then Goose Island opened in 88. Discovered Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, got a little whiff of Bell's Brewing Company. And really the rest was history. Um, 92, a friend of mine got a home brewing kit, just like a lot of uh, brewers, starting on the stovetop. Little five gallon kit. Back then in 92, it wasn't really easy to find, uh, you know, the ingredients to make beer. And They didn't have a Chicago Brew Works by you at that oh, time? Oh, <laughs> I wish. No, we had to drive about an hour. Um, you know, a lot of the ingredients were expired. Yeast wasn't fresh. Um, grain was stale. Hops were old and cheesy. Uh, but we were still able to put out something that we thought and we were kind of proud of at the time, but really wasn't all that great. <laughs> Just giving yeah. out to, like, the family and friends. Like, yeah, yeah, it's great beer, great beer. Well, they were saying that because it was probably free and they didn't want to hurt our feelings, right? So... Uh, my buddy, you know, decided he wasn't going to brew anymore, so he handed the kit over to me. If I wanted it, I took it and uh, slowly uh, built up my library of recipes, uh, started talking to brewers or anybody that would talk to me and help me out. How could I make my beer better? And it was uh, slowly getting better, um, but then you kind of hit a plateau. At that point, where did you go to find advice? I mean, you're physically having to find other people that brew, right? You don't have uh, forums and message boards and stuff at that point, right? To, yeah, right. To, <laughs> Back then, it was the uh, joy of home brewing. You know, you just read that over and over again. Good housekeeping could, for brewers. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, emailing or calling, really, back then, calling on uh, brewers uh, at Goose Island or, you know, a couple out west. Um, you go visit them, you talk to them, say, I want a tour. You just start, you know, hammering them with questions. Like, How do you do this? How do you do that? And believe it or not, they would share a lot of that information, and you'd apply it to your next brew and say, wow, that worked. Holy cow, it's got better. And then you plateau again. And then all the work, all the time, all the bottle cleaning. The like sanitization our, is all I hear about. It's crazy I hear it. Just I was getting made fun of by the Brewers Guild in Joliet because I just started home brewing and I've never had to bottle a beer because we get my father-in-law kegs it with me. So they told me I was spoiled. So is this something that I'm missing out on? Bottling, sanitizing bottles? After a certain thousands of bottles of not only buying, cleaning, drying, filling, capping, storing. Sounds awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are spoiled. A lot of passion there, though, see? It takes a lot of love to do that. So at that point, now you're homebrewing. What what makes you think like, hey, maybe I should start scaling this thing up a little bit? Uh, well, it, you know, it's obviously a uh, hobby turned into a passion. Passion turned into a obsession. Um, being in a corporate world for a while, knowing that I needed to reinvent myself because my job was basically being eliminated, uh, I decided I, I needed to do something I really love to do and. As an art major in college, I needed to be creative. Um, I wasn't a talent, talented painter or artist, so this was a way to be creative. And uh, 
So I decided to go to the Siebel Institute, 2010. Um, went through that program, uh, went through the BJCP program, and then I would talk to every brewer, any brewer that let me come in and shadow them. Let me, you know, can I follow you around for an hour or two hours or two years if you let me? Anything. Um, yeah. And, and just basically absorb all the information, get trained in a professional brewery, uh, talk beer, talk recipes, talk process, and then just apply it. And uh, here we are today. <laughs> so after you, you took the program in like 2010, you said? Yeah, the Siebel okay, program. the Siebel program. Yeah. And then, so how do you jump from taking that program to boom, the 2015 you opened Alter Brewing? Yes. Yeah. So there was a lot so of... So what goes into that? <laughs> There's got to be some some steps in there in between. A, a lot more research, a lot more talking to brewers. Uh, again, doing some small internships at breweries that uh, that I respected uh, under brewers that were very well versed in brewing professionally for many many years, and uh, for them to take me under really, uh, I think, brought us to the next level as far as how to adjust on the fly, how to really design, how to hone in process and you know, getting uh, good efficiencies, getting good balance, and uh, final product, right? Now, do you find yourself more in that, that, that science part of the spectrum? I noticed some brewers are kind of like scaled-up home brewers, and some brewers I see are like mad chemists when they're back there. <laughs> I mean, I know you got to have a balance of both to make reasonably good beer, but, but where do you find yourself more on the spectrum? Well, you know, I definitely, when we opened Alter, we were definitely on the uh, more of the, ups, you know, homebrew artistic side of it. But uh, as you grow, as you um, encounter problems, so to speak, or you want to maintain some consistency, um, you have to get that science down. And um, we built a lab this year, which we're really proud of for a small brewer. Um, we brought in a microbiologist to help us with our uh, yeast viability, our cell counting, um, things like that, so we can get a more consistent product, a better product, a cleaner product, and then being able to identify any problems that may arise. So where do you find those guys? Do you have like Craigslist ad? Like, <laughs> we, need, we need microbiologists? To, like, how does that process go? Uh, well, you look for them, really. And they're really not that hard to find if you look in the right place. So, again, being friends with a lot of the, the brewers around Chicagoland, um, get some feelers out, and then all of a sudden they start showing they up. They can point you in the right direction. That's right. So I haven't heard of much. I mean, I've heard people mention their labs, but what, what kind of goes into the, the lab part of this thing? I think Penrose actually briefly mentioned their lab, but we didn't really get into it. So, like, what what does the lab look like? What kind of are they there every day? Or they? I mean, when when do you? Well, uh, well, our our uh, microbiologist basically he comes in here about once a week, a couple hours, and uh, he'll basically teach us. So we do a lot of self performing right now because we have the time, we have the capability, um, we have the knowledge. But as we grow. As our yeast program grows, we'll definitely have to bring somebody in here who is, you know, a full-timer. Um, so, yeah, we just started with the basic lab equipment, and then we grew it from there. You know, microscopes, very important, uh, meters, uh, gehaltimeter, um, ATP that? meters. What's a gehaltimeter? It's, Ger uh, it's German, so you know it's good. Yeah, right? That's right. Uh, it measures a few things, temperature, pressure, but most importantly, dissolved oxygen. 
something that will kill a beer pretty much overnight if you have too much of it. So we have programs and different uh, processes that we implemented um, that gets that DO level down to the levels that will give us a very uh, stable shelf life. Damn, science. 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 That's awesome. Oh, it's just something that's really interesting to me. I never, you know, you know, you have heard people mention they have labs, but you picture white coats and you know these really sanitized areas. Like you know, I'm like, how do they fit into this brewery world? You know, um, so I, I think it's like anything else in the brewing world. As you go down that rabbit hole, the lab can it never stops. You hear about breweries that say, yeah, we budgeted, you know, X amount of dollars, and the next thing you know, they did five times that. And they're still not. Got to kick the lab program up this year. Like, exactly. Right. So, you know, we have a commitment to, con- as we get bigger, to keep investing as we go. But quality, that's basically quality control and assurance. And you want to make sure. sure that you keep up as you grow and as your distribution grows or what you're trying to accomplish with a better product. You yeah, get. that seems hugely important to just make sure you're, you're putting out, especially in this market right now. I mean, that's it's something else, right? I mean, you guys know I don't, but the, the market right now has got to be like a different animal. Am I right? It's extraordinarily competitive, and there's an, uh, a ton of great breweries. There's maybe a ton of, because there's so many breweries, the odds are there's a ton of breweries that probably shouldn't be in business, and our goal is to not be in that crowd. We want to join the thousands of really good breweries that are out there right now. That's why you get a lab program. That's right. <laughs> so you're are you the only... Only brewery in Downers? Is there another Downers Grove addressed brewery? Uh, downtown, there's Emmett's. Emmett's. So Emmett's is a brew pub, and they have, I think, four locations. So, yeah, oh, we're not okay. alone, but the only production facility I get okay. in Downers. So what was that like dealing with the city, everything right off the bat? I mean, everything. were they excited to have the brewery? I mean, was it a, yeah, some they issues? W- they were. You know, our timing, we came to, we opened up in the end of, 2015 and we came to Downers Grove with our plan in 2014 and you know there was a lot of hype there still is but there was a lot of positive media hype about what a brewery can bring to a community Um, so at that time yeah the the village council the staff members of the village you know the economic development department all of them were on board with facilitating the process of getting a license finding a location making sure that you know, our needs were met within reason, of course. You know, we're not going to open up like a casino on the side. Well, that would be great. <laughs> Do you remember any like weird sticking points or anything during the process? Stuff that kind of held you up for pe- bits and pieces? You know, there, uh, from the village standpoint, nothing of any, you know, major purport. A few things, you know, that are going to come up when you have to duck and dodge. And then they've got to make a decision whether they want to support that or what, you know, what are the legal aspects of that. But nothing that they didn't figure out in a timely fashion. So, no, kudos to them. They were awesome. Yeah. So what about uh, just build-out in that? Anything hiccups? I mean, did your timeline stay pretty true, or did you guys keep having to kind of push out, push out, push out? Uh, we we had an ace in the hole. So we, <laughs> we It's always good to have. We, we have another partner, Doug. Uh, he's not here with us today. He actually is he's downstairs. He just got back from a little vacation in Texas. But Doug was a... Doug a was the ace in the hole? He... He was a home builder. And That's nice. And he was, he, we call him the bulldog. And Doug <laughs> was basically, you know, he came up with a program and a process that was longer than we expected up front. But when we got our permit to build, from that point until when we were open, 
was like less than 150 days. Wow. And it was like 90 days for the build-out. I don't want to stunt your story, but bring your mic a little closer to your face sure. if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, no, Doug was Doug was instrumental in you know, having people that you know, know all those nuances of a build-out were important. That's kinda, that is a huge ace in the hole. Yeah. You got somebody in the build side of it. So system that's present right now on... on is that same as day one, or is that all built out completely over the last few years? Uh, brew house is relatively the same uh, process size, but we're just adding more tanks. So what size are you at right now, then? What's your, your barrel size, I guess? Everybody Bar- always says it's 30-barrel system, 10-barrel system, yeah. Uh, we have a 20-barrel, two-vessel, Sprinkman uh, brew house and Sprinkman fermentation vessels. Uh, we started with two 20-barrel fermenters, two 40s. Now we're up to 640s and 220s, and we have an extra bright tank. We have two bright tanks now. Uh, we added a canning line last, uh, like, May-ish last year, uh, taking on... That's got to be nice, right? It's your own canning line, not mobile can, anything like that, right? Well, now it's nice. Now it's nice? The what beginning was mean? a little rough. All right, tell me about that. All right, so there's a lot of moving parts on a canning line. Lots. And... Uh, you know, there was a learning curve there, and there was a lot of dialing in, you know, seamers, dialing in fill speeds, levels. You know, everything kind of plays together, right? You have to have everything in sync. You know, if a $10 part or valve breaks, you know, now what, right? So, Do you have a mill right on hand, or <laughs> you just got to gotta hope guys know what they're doing? Well, actually, we, uh, we've got a couple talented uh, packaging guys that help us out in the brew house. So it's just uh, myself and two others, Dustin and Alfred. Dustin and Alfred both have uh, several years' experience working at a bigger brewery. So we knew we needed some people that are a little bit smarter than we were on that side, especially um, that have experience running these things because of all the moving parts. So, you know, our, our guy Dustin's very mechanically inclined. Um, Dustin that's working the bar right now? Different Dustin. Oh, different one. You so got multiple Dustins. Dustin huh? at the bar, we, we, we call him Clay. Just That's call clay. him Clay. Any reasoning behind Clay? His mama called him Clay. Oh, his mama I'm called gonna him call Clay. clay. No, that's... Your uh, mom called you David. See? Look at that. See? No, David. Yeah. See? Dustin behind the bar. That's his last name. Dustin so. behind behind the bar. Clay. Dustin behind the bar, Clay. <laughs> so what size is your canning line then? What, how, do, how do they measure that? Cans per minute or cans per... They measure cans per minute. Uh, we have a roughly 35 can a minute. We run it at about 25 to 28 cans a minute. Just We found that to be the real sweet spot. Um, so, yeah, we're, we want to can more. We're, uh, we got a big plans uh, this summer to roll out some new flavors and brands. What and do you guys do uh, right now? You have ulterior motive. What else is can, in cans right now? Hopular? Hopular kid? Yeah, and then we have a golden nail that Center we've, line? we've that done. Yeah, we've done that a little bit more seasonal. Okay. So summertime. So you can go to most liquor stores and get three different types of uh, ultra beers, and you know, in the general area. Yeah, in, in DuPage County what's, what's for sure. What's the scope like? Yeah, what's your scope like for how far out do they get? For distribution? Yeah. So we uh, we started self-distributing from day one and uh, with my truck and James uh, James Bigler's our head of sales and, and his... Uh, what do you have a crv at that time or honda whatever and and your car we were schlepping kegs <laughs> schlepping that's a great word yeah across across the town no sorry schmaltz we also know what that means um 
So yeah, we did that for a long time, and then we uh, started with Schamberger Brothers as our distributor locally in February, and um, uh, they're basically in DuPage County, a little bit of Kendall Kane, and Northwest Cook County. So we focus like super small radius, um, and you can find our stuff. Although we self-distribute to the city, and we're looking to partner with a distributor very soon to to full on board, bring our product to the city, the city in, uh, in both cans and, and kegs. So, uh, you talked about some stuff this summer. What, what, what are you thinking about putting in those cans? You just, you, you have something already in, in mind or you just, what's coming? Well, we've got a few that we're working on. Some of our regulars, uh, we're looking to put our tart cherry wheat in cans. Uh, we've got a Pilsner maybe possibly that we're working on. Um, probably a fest beer in the fall. Um, and then our porter is tasting really good, so we're thinking something like that back the in the f- late fall, early winter. Is the porter on right now? It's on right w- now. Which, uh, which one is that? That's What's the, the name on the that one? The Alto Porto. Alto Porto. Can you describe that one a little bit? I can. So <laughs> this, this beer was inspired by a beer that uh, was brewed by Chicago Brewing Company back in the early, mid-90s called Big Shoulders Porter. And it, I just remember this beer having such a rich, smooth chocolate with just enough roast to balance it out. And it was just so smooth and easy drinking. And not being, you know, a super dark beer guy, you know, um, that was one that I can just crush. And it, it was I actually found the uh, brewer of the Chicago Brewing Company, and he uh, shared a little bit of information and uh he tasted my porter several years ago and he said you know he told me the up to chocolate mott by this much and like maybe that's cool maybe add it a little bit later in the mash things like that and we we played around with it i think this is about our fifth iteration since we've opened sixth maybe and i think we kind of dialed it into where we really proud of it would you believe me if i said the Last episode with the Alarmist, uh, Alarmist Brewing, Gary mentioned Chicago Brew Company and their porter. He mentioned the Big Shoulders Porter. He did. <laughs> yeah. nice. Interesting. He was talking because he, he, he considers himself an older gentleman in the brew game, and he, he remembered the 90s when Chicago, uh, the Chicago Brew Company or whatever was was open. He was talking about that that time, and he said they made a porter called Big Shoulders Porter, which I'd never heard of it before. That's kind of funny that two episodes in a row I get that mentioned for that same beer. So you, wow. you kind of equate your uh, current porter to something like that. Now, did you guys do that barrel aged as well? Did I see that on the menu, or is that something? It's, uh, is it always barrel aged, or uh, we did it barrel aged just to see what would happen. Um, we like it. Uh, it's a little bit lower in alcohol, mostly in the, most of your barrel aged yeah, beers. Right, right. Um, and then we do our our bigger imperial stout in barrels as well that we're also very proud of. Um, but it's almost which double, one's that? The imperial stout. What's the uh, smash ton? Smash ton. So okay. Ten and a half, eleven percent usually. Um, we age it in, you know, higher end bourbon barrels. Really not allowed to say which ones. <laughs> it's but, okay. That's but, all right. Uh, yeah, we look for really good barrels. Did you guys uh, jump in those barrel buys? We all kind of somebody we, gets we a big truck been. of them, and then yeah. Yeah. with hailstorm and uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, boy, they they really take on a big responsibility it's, there it's crazy i've heard from everybody says they, they jump in on those and i think penrose has done some wine barrel ones for people yep. and that yeah, yeah that's that's kind of a cool thing though i mean that's that kind of sums up the beer community to me because everybody's kind of helping each other i mean especially as competitive and big as the market has gotten over the last few years to, to see people that are still like willing to 
kind of shoulder some of that stuff and like really just want to help it's kind of cool yeah it, it helps up it helps all of us together you know and you know, i know a lot of us brewers or business owners will will talk like we need to do more of that whether it's you know getting big hot buys or whatever just collectively trying to improve our our purchasing power and our you know ability to you know whatever i mean obviously not price discovery because you can't do that but you know things to help you you know make better decisions so you're like god i wish i would have thought of that well you know my buddy down the street already knows that so yeah, yeah there's a lot of that. scared to kind of talk and you know share the stuff yeah, yeah. it's not it isn't it that point where it's getting nasty and no, people are close to the vests and all that yeah yeah not one ah, bit it's such a good thing about the beer world so why downers grove ties to the area or just found the best space uh good question so all right uh i we're all uh the three owners that started this um Peter, who isn't here today, and um, uh, Mark and myself, we um, were all like Western suburb, pe- suburb people, and Downers Grove was kind of like an area that had, you know, a good population, a nice community, and was central to where we lived, and, um, you know, it, it, it just made sense. And, and, and also it was, you know, hey, we're looking for a certain type of building, and you only have so much when you're not building from scratch or whatever to find that so um, we kind of found everything we wanted right here at this at this location in Downers Grove so it was kind of fortuitous it's a gorgeous space too I mean it's big you know it's not it's not this tiny shoulder to shoulder you know place that you see a lot of these tap rooms and it's real nice and modern and apparently you got your ace in the hole Doug must have done a good job uh, helping construct this place because when you walk in it's kind of it's kind of breathtaking it fits the area well I feel like I mean, is that is that something that you guys had to kind of put into mind when you opened the place? Kind of like think about your demographic and your, you know, Downers is probably what considered maybe a little more affluent than some of the surrounding areas. So do you have to put that in mind when you're making beer, when you're designing the place, when you're figuring out distribution, all that? Well, I won't answer for the, the making the beer, although I, I'd say the answer is yes for that, for sure, from my perspective, because, you know, you want to make the beer you like to drink. But you also have to sell it, and your customer is who you're selling it to. So you want to hear what their perspective yes. is, and and then. But from aesthetics, from a tasting room aesthetic, you know the the building kind of just lent itself to what we what we ended up with, and um, you know there's a lot of natural light, and we, we wanted to have that open feel, so you can see the the brew house. You can almost like reach out and touch it, and you know you see some breweries out on the west coast that did that mission brewery or breakside which actually you can't see from breaksides unless you go around the corner but really cool places and you know visiting those places in the past and saying yeah i want to bring that here and you know bring that atmosphere was kind of our mo i feel like you should be able to see the tanks and i, th- I love the way you guys is sets up like that because it's just a half wall basically and you can see everything behind there it's it's it's, it's really nice when you walk in here well, yeah, about the beer aspect of it, I mean. Well, as a beer geek, right? I, I've visited breweries all over the country for 25 years, and you know, we kind of took a lot of these <clears throat> aspects and designs, ideas, not ideas, but like we kind of put it all together of different ideas that we like from different breweries. And one of those things is to be part of the brewery almost, where you can almost you, know, you can see everything right. right in front of you. You don't want to mess with anything, but you also want them to be able to feel like they're part of it. Right. You guys, and you guys use the space for other things, I take it, as well. There, you know, you have a, do events, yoga, and, like, you know, is there 
do you guys have like I seen people places do bag tournaments and things. Do you guys do that kind of stuff here too? We have yoga, we have bags, we have arts and crafts. We had our first like mini concert here last oh, week. Really? Yeah, nice. we did a nice, really awesome uh, acoustic set in the barrel room, and it Live was. Live music goes really well with with a place like this, I think. So that's cool. It's, uh, not not everybody does it, you know. There's it was great. I mean, yeah. BMI it was a private event. Just want to let you know. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Is and there is there licensure and things things that had to yeah. go along with music? And yeah, I figured that's there's always some sort of loophole or something you got to jump through or. So, yeah, but in the private space, obviously, it seems like it makes sense. Plus, that space back there looked like a great place to atmosphere-wise with the lighting and the, and the barrels and that to have a musician, especially acoustic like that. I'm a big fan. That's why I started going to Hailstorm because they always have music. I mean, it's a, it's a great spot. Yeah. Be able to drink beer and listen to live, you know, covers, whatever it is. I mean, Yeah, so we're, we're in an experience-based business. You know, I mean, the beer is number one it's what the focus is but then That's again right. it's it's just one part of a piece of you know experience and an, a night out you know people want to have a good time so you know you got to bring great product and, and experience and then you know music just another one of those whether or an event something they can get behind and bring them back so i think my first experience here was my wife and i came and sat and ordered some beers and we literally sat and played uno all night one of these tables down the corner it was one of the, she, she'll she'll have a memory of this place forever. She loves coming here now because she's like just quiet. We were chilling. We're just drinking the beer, playing Uno, two one on one. You know, so nice places like that. Good good atmosphere. Did you guys put the cards back up? No, no, in, we in we order. S- we <laughs> threw a couple of them in the garbage. We scattered some on the other tables. We yeah. mixed them up with the regular playing cards too, just to kind of we yeah, wrote night, we wrote night. on a few of them. Just <laughs> <laughs> we made some new reverse cards. Nice. I probably drew a penis on one of them. I don't know. No. But no, no. <laughs> we put them back like you're supposed to. <laughs> so, how about the the beer world itself? I mean, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm talking to two different perspectives right now. So I'm talking to the guy that's making the beer and dealing with the production, and then the guy that's kind of like got to get it into the hands. You're 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 kind of breaking the barrier. You're you're the one that's got to get it from his side of the table to the other side of the table, right? Am I wrong about that, or am I? Am I it, no, you're right. You I mean, yes and no. I'd say you know from the beginning that was kind of the idea, right? So, I'm not a home brewer. Um, I got into the business a little bit in a very different way, um, and it didn't really become something that was a reality till I met Mark. We were introduced by our third partner Pete, who both knew us separately, and. Um, that that was a seminal event you know finding someone that had you know a, a desire to bring his awesome beer to market and and my desire to get into what i thought was just an amazing business you know that had everything i wanted you know you get to make something give it to the public you know all the way from process to the public and you know experience all those things versus just making a product and you know, you send it off to the distributor and you don't really Just care. Hope, hope that it goes well. Yeah, if those widgets sell, that's great. I don't really care. But so um, that was kind of the that was the plan, right? I will focus on all things, you know, licensing business, distribution, sales, and you, Mark, are focusing on, you know, beer and production and process and quality and building a team and production schedule and all that really, really hard stuff that they that has nothing to do with home brewing. But, right. you know, as the reality is, in our perspective, you know, is that a brewery is not just the founders. You know, it, it's way more than that. It's the people. So, we, you know, we've hired 
head of sales, you know, we got a tap room, event coordinator, marketing guy, uh, Adam, who's, you know, doing a great job. Adam hooked us up. He's the yeah. one that got, he put me in contact with Mark, talked to Mark. So, so Adam's know, doing his job. We, we got Sean, who's, you know, operations, and he does all kinds of spreadsheets to make sure we have the right hops and, you know, what's going on with our deliveries and all these other little things. And so that's what we're realizing. It's not like Mark does this and I do this. You know, it's like we all have a, we ha- all have a part as much as just the founder. So, you know, Mark's helping. We have what we call high council meetings. So we get together, our, you know, the department heads and we. Sounds medieval. Yeah, that sounds corporate. It. It's kind of, <laughs> that's not what we mean. But the point, yeah, high council is definitely, yeah. Sounds medieval. For sure. Game of Thrones shit. It's a round table. A think tank, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We're exactly. at a round table right now, guys. Exactly. Yeah. It's always on Friday. So we end up having a few beers with that too. But the point of it is, is like we all get to like, you know, talk about like Jenel, who's in the tasting room, can talk about sales, and J- and James, who's in sales, can you know bring his opinions and thoughts about what's going on with events in the tasting room. So we all have a part to play in everything that goes yeah, on. Yeah, you got eyes on the day-to-day stuff to kind of give you an idea of maybe they're seeing trends, maybe they're seeing issues, maybe they're seeing positives that you want to capitalize on, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think it's hard for people to put wrap their head around like this is a world where where creativity and and you know that free meets like business and, and, and math and science and all that. And it happens just in the brewing itself too, between the chemistry and, and, and the just freedom to do what you want. And then the business side of it, like what David's dealing with. So where did you come from, David? Where, where was, what was your background before you engulfed yourself in this wonderful world of beer? David Johnson. I was born. No, I won't go that way. Um, David <laughs> no, I lived in, I lived and grew up in uh, Detroit and, uh, Went, you know, went to went to school in Michigan, then moved out to Chicago after school, business school, and uh, short stint in accounting. Then went enough to do uh, the trading, which is a big industry in Chicago, and was on the floor for a long time. Off the floor, Were you know, yelling. Were you the one of those guys? Yeah, yeah, trade, trade. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's was, awesome. I was one of the yellers. That's awesome. Um, do, you, do you guys know Open Outcry out in the South? Yes. Side? Yeah. I'm, I'm interviewing John soon over there. I'm, I'm excited to hear his story. I've heard a little bit about that that kind of industry he came from yeah this so, su- super nice guy he came here when he was going through his uh you know concept and kind of like yeah. recon some reconnaissance just yeah. checking out what's out there yeah so he's down there uh with uh, what horse thief hollow another great brewery down there and uh yeah so i know those guys and did that for a long time uh mark and pete were also in that industry beforehand and uh really you know when i was 20 and young it was a great industry and then as i got older i realized i wanted more out of what i you know life something more creative you know i was always a big big into wine and spirits and and beer definitely but um didn't really dive into it till later and so yeah i uh, how i got into the business was uh, a friend of mine started a brewery or an acquaintance of mine started a brewery in denver and um you know, I got to look at his plan and what he was doing, and uh, it was such a cool business, like everything about it, and uh, and just a you know product and all the permutations of beer and all the things you can do. And like the more I read about it, I went home to my wife after three or four months. I'm like, I have to do this. I, I nothing else. So, but I got to find someone who knows how to make beer because <laughs> I don't know how to make beer. I find a way to get into this. That's why I do a podcast. I yeah. can't make beer really well, so. I I got a podcast where I can talk about people that do really awesome things. Yeah, you love it too. I mean, it's just a, such it's a great a magnetic thing. industry, man. 100%. It's like once, yeah. you, once you get a little sniff of it and you start to realize what it is and 
yeah. taste it. I think it's a real slippery slope, and it happens real fast. So, yeah. so basically, what, what did your wife say when you looked at her? You're like, hey, I got to get into this beer industry. Like, where's that going? Well, I told her, I said, red car, younger woman, or a brewery. You choose. Midlife crisis. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> No, no, no. She, uh, she's an awesome woman, and she just supported it from day one. She knew, you know, she saw me when we first met, and I was, you know, I'd, I'd go down to the to Sam's, which used to be, uh, or Benny's, which used to be Sam's down on Clybourne and North, and I'd spend hours with the, the Italian guy, the Italian wine buyer. And just breaking down Chiantis and uh, Chiantis <laughs> and Montepulgianos and all this stuff, and I'm like, this is amazing, and you know, so for she knew that I was always passionate about that type of stuff, and so when I told her I was going to do that, I think she was happier than when, you know, my first idea after I got out of trading was I'm going to open up a Jimmy John's and that that yeah. franchise. I'm not freaky fast, so just so. picturing you in the hat and everything right now. <laughs> you look way cooler right now, by the way. It's, yeah, yeah, way cooler. Not cool at all, but anyways, yeah, for sure, yeah. So she was supportive and yeah, moved on with it. Met met Mark, and that was like the, like I said, the watershed event. It was like, boom, we just never looked back from that point forward. I mean, so I'll pose this to both of you guys. Then. And, David, I'll start with you uh, since you're on a roll here. Um, let's, what what kind of was your was your introduction to the beer world? What beer did you have that you were like, hmm, this is something I want to be a part of? Well, back in the early 90s, um, right around the same time, he got into crap, um, home brewing. Um, Bell's was kind of a – I was from Michigan, so Bell's was kind of a hot brewery. I and, say that makes sense. And Oberon, which at the time was Solson was my go-to and such a great beer and uh that and you know we could there was a uh, it was in ann arbor michigan and they had a great no i'm not craft beer you know you know place to get uh not a like you know craft beer store whatever it was like import store so you get samuel smith and fuller's and all these english beers and you know not like now huh Oh my God! But back then, that was like that's what we drank. You know, we got we got done with the five ninety nine Strohs. It's time to drink something that's worthwhile. Moving so that up. was my first. Moving up. Yeah, but you know, after that, I would you know I'd say I was always a, Be- a Bell's fan and Founders, and then you know when I started going out west and starting to try Avery and some of these amazing breweries out there. Hey, people don't realize how much travel can play into your taste like that. If you're that's on right. the West Coast and you start finding these things that you can't get here, it's it's a different world. Yeah, no doubt. And then you go take Europe into it and all the all the breweries out there. You go to Belgium, Bruges, and all that crazy area. It's amazing. Yeah, that's another level right there. Yeah. So what about now? Like, what about, are you, do you consider yourself more of a hop guy, more of a, you like a dark stout? you like a, you know, sours, things like that? Uh, you know, there's not a beer style I don't like. Uh, I like that I, answer. I, I'd say that I, you know, I definitely gravitate towards uh, hoppy beers, although I'd say not more towards like a pale ale. Like you ones know. that are done well. Yeah. yeah. Nice and clean. That's the and thing when you ask that question. It's like, I like beers that are well done. No, yeah. Not, right. Uh, exactly. You know, not doesn't have to be a specific style. Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, sours are intriguing, and, and we don't make any sour beers. Um, but it's it's definitely in our long-term plans to, to go down that, that path because it's such an amazing, you know, and, and with my love of wine in the past, that kind of works together. starts to move, move towards those, you know, flavor profiles and Get those wine barrels loaded up. That's always good, too. We just got to find a facility that uh, <laughs> is far, far from here. Uh, what about you? What about you, my man? Uh, Mark. Mark's s- the beer guy. This is a lot of pressure on you to answer this question well. <laughs> similar to Dave's uh, answer, you know, I, I do like most beers, you know, that, again, done well, right? Um, 
so yeah, I guess it's what you're in the mood for. I'd say probably half the beers I drink are pale ales and IPAs, but the other half consists of a huge range of style. So what was kind of your gateway? Where did you start? I mean, I know you talked about the Chicago brewing and the the you know the Broad Shoulders Porter that kind of thing, but where did you? Or were you kind of like, yeah, I'm never having Miller Light again or Coors Light it's again? Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, you know, like a lot of such people. Such a classic. Such a classic. It was just so good. Like, I don't know if the hops that were in there just was clean, crisp. Really, the first time I enjoyed a beer was Sierra Nevada. And then, then I got introduced to the uh, Bell's Pale Ale. It's a little bit more robust, a little bit more cutting edge. And then, uh, and then when Goose Island started packaging their IPA back in the day, Completely different now, so but like Honkers Ale or just was it was that just IPA? Uh, they did they, like what they have now is the IPA. Yeah, so they did. Uh, I know Honkers was their main beer back then. IPA came out. They had a oatmeal stout, I believe. They had that Hexnut Brown Ale for a while, but yeah, the IPA was delicious. And Honkers, right out of the cask at Goose Island back back Probably in the day, solid. <laughs> Like no other. I wish they'd bring that back. I'm sure I was drinking piss at that time. I was drinking <laughs> terrible beer when that was when I could have done that. So right. we had a lovely woman come up here and drop off three beers. What are we drinking right now? You got to taste it first to double check. No, right. we ordered. Uh, that, that's why I was on the phone. I called the tap room and <laughs> that is awesome. bring them up. But, good uh, service. Yeah, she's great. Um, this is Galaxy in the Seven Seas. It's a Galaxy Ford Red Ale. So it kind of balances the best of both worlds. So How nice. much did you pay for the Galaxy Hops? <laughs> I hear they're really expensive now. A couple hundred bucks a pound or something. I don't know. No, oh. it was. Um, we we did buy it on spot. Uh, contracting Galaxy is just about impossible. But I've, I've heard so yeah. much about this. This is a whole new world for me, but super interesting. So that is an awesome beer. So that's considered a red IPA. Galaxy that would based work. red uh, yeah? IPA, no? red, sure. red pale ale, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Hoppy red ale, I guess, would be technically. Right? That's phenomenal. It's that's really good. I, you, you know, I, sometimes I get snobby with you know. I'm like, well, I, I spun an IPA like the reds, and then I find these red ones that I tend to like, and I still ignore it. I don't know if it's the basicism in me that I'm like looking at IPAs, but every time I have a red, it always surprises me, and it looks awesome and it tastes really good. So right now, what's your kind of go-to? If you're not in your tap room, what, what kind of beers do you seek now? Are you kind of over <laughs> that? Well, I don't get out much. Yeah, but you, got, uh, you got stuff to do? Yeah. <laughs> you got things to do? If I spend my free time in other breweries, my wife would not be happy. Yeah. But uh, No, it's, um, I, like I said, I, I like to try multiple range of beers. Uh, we, we try to visit the local breweries around us. Uh, we're, we're forming some pretty good friendships with our neighbor breweries. And it's always good to see what they're doing. And you know, a cook doesn't want to eat its own his own food every day. So <clears throat> it's great to get out and see what else people are doing. Try to get inspired um, and have a different flavor. So yeah, I know I know you don't want to like you know not mention someone or, or anything like that. But I mean, who are some of the breweries you like to kind of if you get that rare chance? And what kind of uh, what place are you looking to try a beer from, or who you trust all the time? Oh, I know it's hard, right? There's so many of them, and you don't want to offend anybody by not mentioning them. But I mean, the the western suburbs have a lot of great breweries. Even you know, you go western and the south, and 
we don't get up to the north side because it's really hard to commute anywhere in the it's north side of Chicago. How hard it is to get up there. <laughs> so maybe that's why we haven't. We're not going to mention them. Sorry, guys. We'll we'll find a way up there uh, when everyone's on spring break, maybe. Um, but no, we you know obviously hailstorm. We have utmost respect for those guys. They make great beer and you know Brewworks, Solomoth, you know right down the street from a Skeleton Key. I mean, you know all great people and all you know doing a really good job and and really focused on what they're doing. I'm pretty proud to be part of this group out here of, you know, western suburb breweries and you know, it's it's a suburbs. It's not it's not glamorous, but yeah, but <laughs> damn, some of the beer out here is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on in the city, sure. They've yeah. got a lot to, to to do too, but man, between, you know, this whole area between you got Miskatonic and you got you guys yeah, and you 100%. Got, I mean, even even Emmett's it's all them. Yeah. Emmett's it's Emmett's. Well, so Emmett's and Donner's Grove, I mean, their their brew over there is Tom. He's he's kicking butt. So, you know, kudos to him and what he's making over there. And that place know. out Villa Park that uh, more brewing. I mean, they yeah, make a Sean, hell of a beer. All for that. sure. Sean Burns, yeah. And they, it's incredible stuff out in the suburbs. So I hate to pivot to you guys on this one because I noticed in your menu, and I don't think I've ever had one here, do you guys do a New England or a hazy IPA? Is that a sore subject for a brewer or is that like a yeah just don't do it i'm just not into it it comes up every podcast it, we talk it, about, it we does. end up talking this style and it comes up all the time here at the brewery as far as like you know sales guys want them um, tap room people want us to make it and you know we're not taking it off the table it's just not our don't thing hold right back, now mark let us know well, how you feel i about have that. to i want to remain friends with people and <laughs> no i'm kidding no, there's some good ones out there. We just haven't done it. We, we're really proud of our beers that come out nice and bright. Um, we take pride in our process. We take pride in our hopping um, schedules. We take really pride in our process. Uh, we've done a lot of experimentations with different um, hops over the years, especially home, home brewing. But <clears throat> we, we, we think our beers are just as juicy as those. Well, I mean, you just off of this one, and then I had the mosaic uh, motive before this, and you really do. You get, like, that tropical notes and things off it on the nose and everything. So, I mean, it's, maybe it's the mouthfeel that attracts it, right? Is that that got to have a lot to do with it, that, like, thick look of it, the visual people it's, kind it's of quite mentally the phenomenon. attached to? Yeah. It really is. And, you know, hey, kudos to those guys that are putting those out and oh, kicking ass with them. And plenty of delicious ones out there there's some bad ones out there too but you know there, there's plenty of delicious ones but it makes you appreciate something like this uh this just red ipa you know, when you can see through it and it still tastes really good <laughs> it's kind of nice to see um, you know if there were six thousand breweries doing new england ipas right now it wouldn't be such an exciting thing so it's almost better that it's kind of this exciting part of the craft beer world that you know some guys are really diving into it and some of them you know, you, you hear of the treehouse and all those guys are making amazing ones. Yeah. But even locally, you know, you taste some that are great. And, and like you said, some of them, you know, they're not our thing, what, whatever. But, you know, we, we've got our game plan and, and maybe one day that happens. But right yeah. now we're, we're we're focused on other things. Well, I'm certain people would be excited about it if you guys put one out. But, I mean, yeah. Again, it's not off the table completely. Right. But we're we're fighting we're it every chance we get. Maybe <laughs> I mean, we, I've talked to a lot of brewers, and, the, and the, there's places like Dovetail that Half Acre really hasn't, they haven't really succumbed to, say, like, we're making one, fine, we're going to do it, you know. 
Pipeworks really hasn't made one yet. So, I mean, you can do it. You can do it without them. I just know they're huge right now, and everybody loves them. I mean, I, I am included in that. I love them too. But, but uh, really makes you appreciate some of these really good, basic, like double IPAs and regular IPAs when it's just hot forward, West Coast, things like that. I mean, is that kind of the style that you prefer uh, personally or? Well, I, I think it's Midwestern IPA is what we like to do. So we, we, we love the clean, crisp dryness, a little bit of the piney, fruity from the uh, West Coast. And we like the maltiness and the, the fruitiness of, it, of an East Coast IPA. So we're kind of like, we, we would like to be a little bit in between. We like balance in, in all of our beers. And when I mean balance, we can have a ton of hop flavor and aroma in a beer, and still have this nice malt backbone to it, this nice mouthfeel to it. Um, and, you know, be brewed to the true altar way. Um, again, we're, we're exploring new varieties. We're always ex- we're experimenting. We're going to try to come up with new beers uh, more and more often. Uh, first couple of years, it was easy because we're new, right? Everything was new. And uh, so some of the beers that worked for us are coming back. <clears throat> And then we're going to uh, add a new beer hopefully every month. And uh, also with our barrel age program, we're expanding on the variants. Uh, we just got some really... That's where people's antennas start to go up. They start to hear barrel aged and variants. Yeah. That's such a hot hot word in, in for beer geeks and people seeking beer. It so what, what kind of stuff you got going in the barrels that are people are going to be excited about? Well, we're... Russian Imperial Stouts, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, we have some of those. So we have, uh, we're really proud of our King's Blood, which is our cherry wheat beer that is aged in red wine barrels. So you'll see that again. Uh, in the fall, we're going to do a our nice brown, rich brown ale in bourbon barrels. We're going to do some of that with some cinnamon-infused maple syrup. Uh, that sounds awesome. And <laughs> more unique than what you're seeing around, you know you know what I mean? Not a brown ale going in with maple in that. Right. Like, give me the big old stout. We're going to put some maple in it and some coffee. Right. And then and then some of the lower gravity beers. And when I say lower gravity, I'm, just, I'm talking like 7%, right? Um, Low. The sessionable almost. <laughs> sessionable barrel age. <laughs> sessionable barrel age. <laughs> I think that's it's like VSOD as a versus double barrel VSOD. <laughs> <laughs> one sessionable and one is not. Yeah. No, but the... the did you guys, you were talking about experimenting a little bit. Were you guys involved in, like, some of these, uh, like, hop rubs? Do you guys go to these, like, hop rub events and things or no? Yeah, we were just at Miskatonic. Um, oh, you uh, went to the recent one? Then. Yeah, BSG put one on. Uh, oh, okay. Supply, Supply Group, and uh, we were down there. Uh, the fine folks at Miskatonic hosted that. And Josh has been on the show. He's he, yeah. he's awesome. I yeah. could have sat there and talked to him all night, too. He was great. Now, this yeah. is something I'm, I'm asking on a personal level because it's. I just think it's exciting. What the hell goes on in there? I saw pictures and I see like, I see hands. I've seen Jim <laughs> Cook rubbing hops together in Sam Adams commercials over the years. But like, how does that whole function work? Well, I mean, it's you basically get a brewer's cut, and Mark helped me out here. Um, but you get a brewer's cup, which looks like a brewer's cut looks like a brick of uh, whole cone hops and. Um, they're compressed, and, and from there, you basically, the, the idea is, and there's different lots from d- different, um, usually on the same field, I believe, right? So if you uh, It could be from the same field, or it could be from a different farm completely. Okay. But it'll be the same variety, say, say Centennial, for example. Okay. We got four different lots of the same hop variety. So you can literally 
take those hops, give a nice warm rub in between your hands, smell them, see what that lot is giving off, whether it's orange or lemon or blueberry. And then you can, you know, wash your hands off real good. Why would you wash them? No. <laughs> I feel like you want to keep that. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Fair enough. Getting excited. So, yeah, and then you do it for the other three that pr- what were provided, and you can actually see what the difference is between each farm. Same variety hop. So, so like, just for instance, can you give me a ballpark? Like how, how many varieties of hops were at this, at this event that you went to? Man, it was probably 10, 8. I would say closer to eight. Yeah. yeah. So you get eight varieties, maybe three of each variety. There, yeah. are, there are four of each, eight varieties. So after that, you're going to get fatigued. Right. You're your, gonna, your nose, your hands, everything's going to be kind of like melding nose. together. Yeah, your nose yeah, you're, is And you're so having a couple beers. Like and when you scorch your there. palate on something yeah. <laughs> try to taste through a bunch of beers. So what, what you're walking up to a table, like you're kind of shoulder to shoulder with your fellow brewers. I mean, yep. guy, okay. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're verbally comparing notes, and it's it's amazing. You can have four different bricks of Centennial, and the variant variation between them, you know, and aromatics are significant. You almost think they're different hop varieties. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm starting to see the brewer's piece of this, so what... Who's, who's benefiting off all of this? Is this turning into kind of like, uh, hey, you know, we have these hops available. Do you want a contract? Do you want a spot buy? Like, is this all kind of melds together, helps everybody? Is that the, the purpose behind it? Yeah, it's making, you know, it's just information and making informed decisions. And, you know, Mark is a, as a, basically a beer chef, you know, is going to try and design a recipe. And imagine if you make something with centennial that's a material dry hop or you know um, um, part of the whirlpool hops let's say and this year it it provides this and then the next year you got to make sure that if you want to replicate that you know this this, is just is this batch of them doing the same thing as last year exactly can't make that same beer if it's not giving off the same characteristics this year like this lot of centennial might be awesome but is it indicative of what we're trying to create with that IPA or whatever it may be and you know or you might be like oh my god this is something new let's try this and do something different all right so to to draw that back into the business world do you guys use this as like networking too where you're kind of like not networking but like you're kind of you sharing with you probably already know all these guys already from other things all the other brewers and that so you kind of kind of talking recipes and stuff and kind of what's coming next was or or you guys kind of just keep it social it's social, it's educational, it's uh, relationship building, it's in exchanging information. Um, so, yeah, it's a great time. We love breaking away to breweries. If we can break away for a couple hours and talk to, you know, brewers and owners and other, you know, brewery employees, you know, 10 of them in one spot in a couple hours, it, it's awesome. It's got to be a way better, like, wife excuse, too, to be like, we're going to rub hops together. We're not just drinking. We're, <laughs> we're going to make business decisions. We're working. Here. Yeah, we're working, exactly. I'm running out of those, like, excuses, though. i, I got to come up with something good. It's a work function, I swear. Yeah. yeah so I think the goal of the hop rub, too, though, it's like it, it was educational. So, like, in the harvest, you know, anywhere from early August to late September, you can go out to actual Yakima Valley or Oregon and you can go out and you can actually, uh, if you're invited, you know. If uh, you're invited. If you're invited. Uh, you can go out there and actually, you know, really pick quality stuff that you want to use. 
and uh, they save that lot for you, and you know you can make the best beer possible. I mean, is it boring if I ask you guys to talk more about like how, how does that work? That's something I haven't not touched on. When you're actually buying, I mean, is this all long distance done? Are you doing this stuff on premise? Are you sticking with the same providers every year? I mean, how much visiting are you doing and touching the actual product? And well, that's that's a good question. Go? I think it depends on what you're dealing with. But if it's you know inputs like yeast, you know the the main ones, yeast and grain and and hops. I mean, there's certainly there's a, there's a few brokers and 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 many growers or or you know propagators or or malsters. Um, typically, the there's a broker in between them, and so we have you know multiple relationships and 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 there's some proprietary um, either yeast or grain or or so basically hops. custom building yeah a so yeast strain for you guys or for a specific need. Well, or or yeah, exactly. Or like you know, if you want uh, you know. Um, um, what's name Simpsons makes a DRC um, um, malt that's um, double roasted caramel. Explain what a DRC is, I guess, just in case not everybody on here is a brewer. Just a specialty malt, okay. and they do it really well. And, and just like all the malts that we use, I mean, we've oh boy, uh, we've. What's great is the the suppliers, the vendors. They are very open to giving samples to sending you a sack of grain taste it, brew with it, try it out, see what you think, what's your extract, what's your flavor profile. So we've gone through several. We, we've tried, you know, half a dozen different base grains. We look at the extract. We look at the quality of the flavor. We have tasting panels. Can you taste the difference between the last malt and this malt? You chew the malt. Do you we, chew it? We have heard some people chew the malt quite a bit. It's a brewer's breakfast yeah. most days. Good. So. <laughs> Um, I feel like it makes it more important that you chew it before you put it in my beer. Like I feel like that's better. Obviously, you're not putting the one you chewed in my beer, but the fact that you taste it first is is good to know when I'm drinking your beer. I'm like, he tried. He tried really hard. But you know, and what's nice today, like maltsters today are so far advanced. They're so well modified. They do such a great job doing it. It makes our job easier, actually, as as brewers because of the quality. And you know, just like anything else, you know, the more you buy, the more you save. The more you say, yeah, sounds like an advertisement, right? But you get more information. You get a chance to have a better look at the the quality, especially like the hops world is definitely an area that you know a, a new or young brewer you know, struggles with. You know, having access to the quality. You know, they you tend to basically you get what all the big breweries didn't want, and that's kind of tough. Makes and sense, yeah. You know, so those guys go out and they they go to these uh, hop harvest and and, and taste first pick basically. Yeah, right? it's okay. first pick exactly. And it doesn't mean the hops you're getting are are bad. They just not. You don't get to choose your tomatoes in the recipe, so to speak. So, for guys like you that uh, you, you said, I know obviously you said you came from the business world and you too were in 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 the business world beforehand. Uh, so. Do you guys ever look at the current industry now and say, like, shit, it's starting to creep up into what I used to be? You know, like, is is that those worlds starting to collide now just because of the rapid growth or still feel pretty cool in in the beer industry? Yeah, it doesn't feel anything like what we used to do, from my opinion. Yeah, it's... I worry about it when I see how big it grows and how fast it grows, but from the outside looking in, you don't know the scale that it's happening at uh, from your guys' perspective, so... I, I would say the one thing that... I, I'm pretty confident as a backdrop is that people are going to continue to love beer as a as a staple. And it may become more competitive, but, 
you know, what we get to do and, and compete on, I'd rather compete on that than anything else. Because there's not an industry that's out there where there's not competition unless you have some proprietary and you need software. I mean, you need, yeah. you need to sure. have a competition, I think, too. Yeah, people are just going to no. keep making the same beer and doing the same things. I mean, it pushes innovation and experimentalism yeah. and all that. So Yeah, my perspective is... This it, this is more fun now than it was on day one because I you know for, especially for me like who's new to this you know I feel like I learn more and more so it's it just gets more exciting and a lot more fun. You're just nodding your head over there. Mark yeah. just Mark just agrees. <laughs> he silently agrees with what uh, David I, is saying. I totally agree. I forget we're not on camera. We're just no, no one can see the. Oh, do you want me? To, I get can your finger a, out I of your nose. Put a camera up if you want. <laughs> no, man. no, no cameras. <laughs> Oh, but the, it, it, yeah, it just kind of, the more we talk about it, the more it sounds like a business. I mean, I know it's a business. I know, I know that's part of it. And it's part, the part that you don't see when you're sitting at the uh, bar in the tap room, you know, all you're worried about is, you know, getting your next beer and trying that sample. You don't realize all the stuff that goes into it aside from you brewing the beer itself. Uh, so anything else about the industry that's kind of like, I don't know. Does anything bug you guys right now? Is anything that you're kind of like looking at the the industry as a whole is kind of just like grind your gears type of stuff? You're trying to be careful with this one. <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot. You don't no, have to answer that's that. A, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, I I'd say the craft beer family, which like we've talked about, and everyone knows, is collaborative and and continues to provide information and, and work together as long as that continues whether you're a regional brewer or startup you know I, I think we're going to be just fine but as soon as there starts to be a gap like it's the haves or the half nots or like you know we're we know what we're doing and you don't when it comes to like the, if there's any arrogance in there then I think it's a problem and I haven't seen that so no I don't think I think at this point in the industry especially from a independent standpoint is pretty rock solid it's healthy right now right it feels healthy for sure yeah and i'd I'd rather see you know three to five percent growth like we have in the last 18 months versus 15 percent because it's just not it's not sustainable sustainable. right that's the word sustainable yeah so let's you know let's be a mature industry that means we we made it right like the this is a real thing and it's not going away and you know bud light's not going to be the end all be all beer Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, they'll awesome. Still, they'll sell plenty of it. But that's <laughs> right. They'll be advertising on the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But yeah, it, dilly you, dilly. Excuse yeah, me. Dilly, Redact dilly, that. No, nope. No redactions. <laughs> uh, uh, something we talked about um, off mic before we started. I, I kind of liked what you were saying, uh, both of you. Uh, and it kind of ties back in, I guess, to when we talked about the location and being in Downers Grove and kind of setting this place up for its area and kind of making it a part of the community, like. Your guys' hiring practices and staff and all that, it's not, like, stereotypical, like, this is your tattooed, bearded, you know, big holes in their ears type of type of bartender, and that's what you get. Like, you guys have a very vast, you know, spectrum that you cover, and you're, you're just diversity almost, I'd say. I don't want to say diversity. I don't want to sound like we're talking about politics or something here, but, but you guys have, you guys, what do you guys, what goes into that? Who's, like, HR here? Who's dealing with all that stuff? Is that a collaborative effort? You know, we, it's not, we, there's no, 
there, there's no protocol with that. Right. I mean, we're just, we're open to anyone and who, anyone who's passionate about working hard. Um, obviously you could, excuse me, you could say you're passionate about beer and when, here's our here's our hr policy if someone comes in here and says i just want to have fun you're out of here (laughs) right doing that or i'm really passionate about it i'm a hard worker and doesn't show up to work my weaknesses are that i work too hard (laughs) (laughs) exactly i just i want someone who wants to come in here and and bust bust it you know work super hard and 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 give it their all and at the end of the day then we're going to have some fun you know whether it's Friday afternoon and that's when we go into sensory and trying different beers and, and, and we do that all that whole thing which is developing and a ton of fun or you know it's getting feedback from uh, some of our salesmen that are hey I did this event last night it was a tap takeover and it was awesome and people loved our beer and here you know here's the things that happened and the feedback we got and hearing that from our employees you know I shouldn't say our co-workers I should say um because we are coworkers, we're we're here every day, and that's that's awesome. And you know, we've we've got I think eighteen or nineteen people now with us, and um, you know, we've had very little turnover. And the turnover we've had with the beginning, they were awesome people too. So I, you know, I feel like we've been fortunate. Um, but I also think it's, I think it stems. I, I you know, I don't want to, you know, prop up me or or Mark and and whatever but you know we're here every day you know and there's people that you know money money started this thing but we're we're, we're working our butts off and, and there's no ivory tower there's no you know watching it from a distance it's all running itself it's you guys are here yeah to make sure that that quality continues and is maintained yeah and and our employees are uh, they're awesome but they're like i said earlier they're they're a big part of what we do and you know as much as as much as mark's beer and and uh, my desire to get into this business are important. Um, their efforts and, and their contributions are just as important. It's a huge team effort here, you know. I don't care how good your beer is, right? If you can't give the customer a good experience, you don't have good team behind you packaging or cellaring or selling it or, you know, our tap room, our tap room staff is great. I mean, everyone in there is first level Cicerone or above, right? For example, so, a guy like me is going to sit down at that bar by himself maybe on a Friday afternoon at four after work, and I, I might ask whoever's in front of me eight different questions about your beer. Your people are prepared for that, as far as I can tell. Am I right about that? <laughs> that's what we're working on, right? So it, <laughs> we kind of re- require that after 90 days to have that, have our employees up to speed, not to where they have to be the biggest beer geek that makes you uncomfortable but can talk to talk to the people who really want to know and introduce new people to the new flavors that they might be tasting yeah there's like an invisible barrier between that the tap handles and and then the person on on the stool on the other side of the bar i mean and i don't think not everybody knows how to break it and and like you said talk to me or anyone else that in a way that's beer knowledgeable but not beer asshole you know it's 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 very uh, fine, fine line, and I feel like uh, like you're saying you guys have a staff that you feel can tow that line, which I think it's the whole purpose of behind this podcast is is people like that emotional connection with the beer that they're drinking because 
guess what? Now there's a lot of games in town now, and people are coming to Ultra Brewing because they have that little extra pe- extra piece, right? I mean, does that kind of make sense? <laughs> well, we hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm telling you that you that it is. That's what's up. Sweet, yeah. thank you. So, um, social media. How do you guys approach that? Because that kind of ties in with treating the public and giving them a good experience here. But how do you guys utilize social media? I mean, has that been a huge player for you guys since since opening the doors? Is it ramped up recently versus when you first started? Or I think it's just um, trying to show people who we are, what we have to offer here. Um, we're just like every division of our company. We're trying to get better every day. And um, whatever we can do to show the people out there what we're doing, how we're doing it, Try to entice them to come on in or try our beer. Um, that's the goal. Have fun. Who handles no, everything? Fun. Do you guys just kind of does everybody handle the like the Facebook page? Like who you got one person in charge? Is that the marketing? Well, that's Adam. Adam. That's Adam. Adam. That's Adam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Adam, man, he's he's got like some mad skills with <laughs> like you've seen some of the photographs he's put up and. Uh, Man, he's got a lot of hats. His list is getting longer all the time. He's helping out with labels, label design, posters, poster designs, tap handles. I mean, where'd you find that's Adam? That's a long list. How did Adam come in here? Did he say he I worked really on hard? Ninety ninety four. He was in that ditch on the right side. Yeah. yeah. He just pulled oh, him no, out. No, that was like, me. You want a job, kid? <laughs> Pull, pulled well, he pulled him out you of the out. Ditch. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> you want no. a job? No, he um, he he was working down the street with um, with a mutual friend of ours and. He he was here from day one as a, a part-time um, taproom server, and you know we just loved what we were doing. And well, actually, I can oh yeah, make let you know. But yeah. what happened was he truth. was putting on a beer tasting at like one of the local Malloys. So I went in there looking for something new to drink, and he was putting on a tasting. And uh, hey, would you like to try some beer? I'm like, yeah, of course. So he poured a couple samples out, and you know he. There's there's some people that sample beers out at these tastings that say yeah it's real hoppy or it's it's, it's kind of bitter and a little bit of maltiness and you're like what is that telling me nothing or they, they say oh it's fruity it's light yeah <laughs> oh it's fruity well what does that mean does it taste like oranges it tastes like blueberries they're both sour? fruits but is there apricot in there like yeah <laughs> so you'd be like oh this has got a nice you know subtle you know apricot flavor with some toasted notes of you know toasted bread i'm like so he had some really if nice I close my eyes i feel like i'm there hold on keep going right. keep going yeah. <laughs> and then the next beer you know it's got some semi-sweet chocolate with uh you know light roasted espresso notes you know so he had some great descriptors for the beers and he nailed them and it tasted good and Went back a month later. He was there doing it again. So I kind of met him that way, and it was just a coincidence. He works for a mutual friend of ours, which is that's also interesting. Yeah, also my neighbor and a home brewer. Nice. And um, that's kind of awesome. That feels like it was meant to kind of. He was meant to be here. Right yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So now he's yeah he's with us full time, and you know he he's dedicated to the mission, what we're trying to do, and um, social media is pretty much our our only platform right like we're not out putting billboards up and you know advertising left and right school media yeah Yeah. i tried to get a super bowl ad but they said (laughs) 50 grand they said infinity dollars for all of them wasn't gonna work no no so do you guys have a like a marketing budget or do you guys kind of just piecemeal that together throughout the year is that 
Yeah, we do. I mean, you know, you, everyone's got to, you know, put something forward and whether it's your point of sale, you know, th- things you're going to put out if, you're, if your product's in Benny's or you're going to do a tap takeover and you got to come up with coasters and T-shirts and all that stuff. So for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. We, bud- we budget for all this stuff. And, you know, again, we so like our, one of our biggest focuses is on the community. Right. So we, we, we have a new like slogan like well, who are we we're we're community crafted we're independently brewed so we're buying all in on what the brewers association did with you know the independent seal and love it you know craft has been kind of a co-opted thing with you know sam's or you know walmart and and whatever big beer so but we thought you know crafted is really about the community right like whether it's your community products or you know the people you get supplies from and it's community crafted, independently brewed, and you know we we look at what we can do to be part of the community. Whether it's you know being involved in the you know the, the summer festivals, uh, partnering with local charities and and getting their mission out, and you know helping raise money for their their causes, and they can have a an event here and use our space to leverage the community to increase the amount of you know, reach they get and uh, support that they can get for their causes. And, and that's really, for us, outside of social media, that's that's where we spend our money and time doing that. Like, so, like, Sunday we had, you know, the Humane Society here. They had an event in the back. Uh, Friday with that band we had, you know, a local, local charity for this poor fellow that, you know, died in a basketball court and, my God, he was an amazing person, and we heard a story, and we were like, "We got to get behind this. Yeah. It's it's awesome." And it, you know, so we helped we helped facilitate an event here, and 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 help them raise money for their their cause, and and those type of things. And we, like for example, next door we have a group called Little Friends, and these are individuals that you know have some type of limitation, but they're employed over there, and Little Friends employees. Uh, individuals with limitations and, and they make t-shirts and what have you so we do a lot of stuff with them whether it's you know getting our swag or it's nice natural neighbors like yeah you may not have known about them but you just happen to be in the same area and it's, and it's awesome like i mean good marriage all of a sudden 100 yeah. percent. so yeah that's that that's our other avenue of like how we want to spend our time and focus you ingrained into the community which is i think i think that's really yeah and and a theme that i'm noticing between we're not alone doing that that's what breweries do and i think that's what that's what makes brewery so awesome right mm-hmm. i mean we're, we have a product but we're also like we're part of your community and shaking that like stigma of like well you're tying alcohol to to you know something like i feel like right. it's kind of it's not gone but it's kind of it's 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 a lot easier now i feel like it's a lot better yeah it's, it's it's amazing stuff when you do do things like that to kind of reach out and you just see these great marriages like you're talking about this place next door. Um, what's the what's the future look like for Alter? You guys got big plans coming up? I mean, you got big plans. beer releases. You got like stuff you're adding. What what, what are you, what's coming up? What's your big? Uh All right. So for Chicago Craft Beer Week, we're doing a really cool backyard uh, brew fest here. Do you remember when when is Chicago Craft Beer Week? Gotta be soon, right? It's the okay. second week of April? May, I believe. May. Start to see the coasters everywhere yeah. at all the breweries. And it's like May fifteenth through the twenty fourth or something. You know, it ends with uh, beer under glass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. big event. 
Yeah, Bug is awesome. I, I, I hear great things. I've never been able to make it out there, but I know like Workforce does it quite a bit. And, you know, great a venue. Yeah, just about every brewery that can get in there is doing that. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, festival, it's, it's going to be 13, 14 Western Suburban breweries, again, uh, all for charity. So uh, amazing. little friends next door going to hopefully get a check from us. Um, and then next year what we're going to do is any of the participating breweries that are here this year, we're going to rotate. We're going to take turns at different breweries every craft beer week. And the other brewery will be able to pick their favorite charity and raise funds for them. Um, more more cans coming out, more flavors, more barrel-aged stuff. That's variants. what the nerds want. The nerds want to know when the barrel-aged is coming out, what are you putting in cans, and when are you making a hazy? No. <laughs> <laughs> when are you double dry hopping everything? could probably answer three of the four of those <laughs> questions. It's fine. It's fine. So well, what do you, what's, your, what's your big uh, Russian Imperial? It's called the uh, Smash Ton. Smash. Oh, we, we talked about it already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So we are going to have variants. We didn't talk about those. I'm, but I'm thinking of something else. What did, what, what have you recently done in the last year or so that you put in barrels that were uh, that you did bottle release for? Maybe Elder Lord Farquaad. There it is, Lord Farquaad. That's the one I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Of. Okay. What, what what was that beer? That was uh, style wise in that. A Belgian quad aged in red wine barrels. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be doing that. At hopefully that. You know, we're we're at the mercy of the barrels and and what that provides and you know. I just love the name. Why why Lord Farquaad? Because <laughs> it's Far- a quad 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 yeah. beer. Yeah. Um, John yeah, Lithgow. Yes. yes, I was just thinking. I was thinking Trek. I was like, yeah, I yeah. think I'm right about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I used to have off. it in the cooler all the time when I was at, when I'd be in here. Well, it didn't last that long, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was in the cooler a couple times in the, the summer or something when I was in here. So next year's release will be the regular Elder Lord Farquaad and then the Elder Lord Farquaad aged with raspberries. See, you're saying all the magic words now. Adjunct, adjunct, adjunct. <laughs> Keep throwing them in there. Yeah. Do you guys use like a coffee roaster or anything? Do you have a Do you have a coffee roaster that you work with? Uh, we do actually. Sorry, um, that was random back in my head there. <laughs> that's a better question for Alfred. So Alfred joined us. He was uh, I don't know with who that is, but what's he do? He's uh, he's our one of our cellarmen that uh, joined us from two brothers, and uh, what he's been doing, we've gave him some creative incentive to go out and make some cool variants, come up with some really cool beers, and describe creative incentive. <laughs> what does that entail? You just beat the shit out of him in the back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he if he doesn't come up with something good, he's going down. That's right. No, he's he's got some good experience. He knows he's getting very good at blending some really cool coffee, Peruvian, Argentinian, all kinds of really yummy coffees with right now our core beers. But then uh, to do some variants with some of our barrel aged stuff as well, and they're tasting really good. That's that's awesome. There's some about coffee and beer that just works together. I mean, on, a, on all levels. I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of the brewers. They like to make their own coffee and stuff, too. I mean, it, it's kind of a, they're kind of hand in hand right now. I, th- I feel like coffee is coming up where beer was like two years ago, three years ago, yeah, you know, when they sure. started to explode. You're starting to see these places like 10 drops and, the, you know, these small roasters and things. Yeah. It's, it's almost important to have one now. Like you see microphone up in Elk Grove Village has got tugboat and everybody's using dark matter. It's, you know, you got to have, have something. So 
Do you guys use a specific brand, or is it just he's just searching for the best right now? Uh, he's working with a couple guys that started roasting at Two Brothers. They started their own gig. I believe oh, they're that's in right, Wheaton. They have coffee, too. So oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That totally went over. Uh, yeah, they, they have their own coffee, don't they? Well, no, it wasn't Two Brothers Coffee. It oh, was, it wasn't? Uh, no, no, it was a um, takeoff. Man- Manbot, right? Manbot. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, they're make, making some really good stuff, some nice, really fruity stuff that, believe it or not, goes well with even an IPA. Like the dark fruit stuff. I've oh, had a couple. I've had a couple of uh, coffee IPAs lately, and yeah, it's like they hand you an IPA and it looks like an IPA, and then you get it's, it's amazing that they can infuse that flavor without browning up, you know, your IPA to make it look like this, you know, murky beer. But yeah, yeah that's the flavors of the coffee, depending on roasting temperatures, there's so many different. Yeah, variable so far out of my range of thought <laughs> you know like, yeah it's, it's amazing what guys like you are doing with beer and people like that are doing with coffee it, it's incredible the, the, the things that you can do so you got anything uh passion project coming up here like i mean this you talked to you touched sours for a minute is is that something that you got kettle sours in the future uh, maybe kettle, some long range stuff or kettle sours for sure uh we're actually doing one with uh workforce next week going to fruit the F out of it, as Brandon so says. So great. Brand, Brando is, he's a wild man. Man, good <laughs> dude. Like, all right, let's do it. Let's yeah. do a fuck ton of, of fruit. Yeah, you guys did some math earlier, but before we turned the mics on, there was some fuck tons and uh, more than fuck tons. Yeah. There's a lot of math involved in, in beer, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> One fuck ton equals 90,000 case equivalents. There it is. <laughs> Shit ton is 9,000. That's nothing. That's like nothing. That's yeah. You want to get to the fuck ton. Yeah. So anything recent, like right away coming up, anything in the weekend, like uh, you got you got yoga, you got beer, what, any events coming up right away that we can throw at them? Well, oh, there's Brouhaha, I believe, coming up this weekend. There's also yeah. the Day and Night of the Living Ales. Uh, it's a cast condition firkin fest down at the Bottom Lounge in Chicago. So does that mean you guys are going to be there with a firkin? We will participate. We are going to enter two uh, firkins just like last year. And uh, went really well for us last year. This year we're going with two new beers. Um, Love the Fest, put on by the Chicago Beer Society. Uh, and Steve Hamburg, what awesome is, dude. Do you, are you going to say what's in your Firkins or do you wait Do you wait until you get there? Uh, we're going to tell them. So, we're, gonna, we're, gonna so we're, we're, we're doing our brown ale. No, I'm sorry. We're doing our porter and uh, our double IPA called Denali Llama, which is featuring Denali hops. So a lot of little strawberry notes in there, maltiness, kind of a strawberry quick thing without strawberries or quick. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a it's fun amazing time. amazing what you can do with a hop. I mean, without adding bullshit to your beer, the notes that you get off them, it's incredible. I think more, more people need to just kind of dive in. I mean, the first time I opened up a bag of hops, you know, from like the brew store from Chicago Brew Works, I felt like that instantly the next week I could taste citra. You know, I could taste mosaic or something I, you just once you once you get them in your hands and get them on your fingers it's a whole different world um sorry i didn't mean to bog you down in that but so you got two firkins going to this and that's at the bottom lounge so the bottom lounge yep this weekend this, what's this the saturday i believe yeah yeah this saturday yeah. So I'll, I'll have it out before then so people at least be able to hear that you're doing that and i'm sure it's on your facebook page all the information in that uh it's coming up do you guys do randall's do you guys do stuff with the, those little, like, infusers and things on the on the tap lines? Uh, we have uh, our Randall kind of is out of commission right now. Oh, but, yeah? Uh, yeah, we, we're doing some more fruited stuff. We have a fruited uh, IPA coming out 
uh, in two weeks, more coffee stuff. So, yeah, infusions are, you know, they're far and few between, but we do do them. I'm just excited for my beer coming out. Wait, you got a beer? I do. Why have we not talked about this? What's going on? Well. David, explain. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's an English, uh, uh, well, it's a hybrid IPA. Um, Mark, you probably better explain it, but it's an English-style IPA with uh, dry hop with American hops and... um, it's going to be cask served? No. It feels like it could be no. nice and warm. Nice we just decided to call warmer. it Yob. So my last name uh, is Yob, which is spelled Y-O-B. And in, in British, like, Cockney and slang, Yob means, like, uh, unruly young man or hooligan. Yeah, yeah, totally 100%. Yeah. I came out of the womb, and they were like, Yob. Yeah, and, that, uh, that's the guy. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, the beer's called Yab, and uh, we're pretty excited to see how this goes. And, it, you know, it kind of crosses styles a little bit. And, so know. what does that go on the menu as? Do you call it a English IPA or what? what? Great question, right? So we, right. we're, we're kind of calling it a hybrid, right? So we, we did the English malts. We did English yeast. But yet we used American hops and some New England ho- or New Zealand hops New as Zealand well. Hops, yeah. Ooh, and, which New uh, Zealand hops? There's always good ones over there. Which one do we use? It's like Motueka or something? Like what? 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 Oh, wait. Motueka, is that oh. Australian? Or is yeah, that we did use... It's a... We call it Matuka. Oh. oh. Motueka, yeah. Motueka. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Matuka for us. Yeah. I like it. I prefer it that way. Because we have a beer called Hakuna Matuka. Ah, so Make a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. Back to the, you know, Lion King stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> we're, com- we're all children, so... Well, I th- we all have kids. my coworker and I say the same thing. We are children. No, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, th- this I got two small children myself, so eh, I know how that goes. You get bogged down in childish. Yeah, exactly, and it's that's how we live our lives. But no, no, we like to have fun. But this, this, we'll see how this beer turns out. And you know, like Mark was saying, about once a month we try and do something completely different. So yeah, we have that one, and another one we're kind of excited about is a uh, we did an imperial rye beer. That we're gonna age in some. We we actually acquired some really cool uh, rye whiskey barrels that we can't reveal the name of. Oh, yeah, we can reveal it. We could. We just yeah. We can't say peerless on. Oh, well, it's, it is peerless. Oh no. So, <laughs> small craft uh, distillery called Peerless. Uh, we got some really really fresh dumped, yummy smelling barrels from them. Where are they at? Where are they at? believe they're down in Kentucky. Kentucky somewhere. Kentucky, somewhere in that bourbon belt, huh? We could be wrong. You could fact chest, check us. But There's no fact checking on this show, trust me. <laughs> but they, they smell incredible. Um, the bottles themselves of the the whiskey are it's like a $120 bottle. Oh, really? Stuff. Jesus. So when we got, we got access to game. those, we were pretty stoked. So we had to do a special beer for those. Hopefully to be out sometime... You know, February next year. Oh wow! Yeah, well, you, know, you got to let it sit. You gotta let yeah, it sit. It's bigger beer, like so you it's said. You get the waiting, the waiting, the waiting. Sucks. <laughs> but oh, it's, that's great. Is it hard for a brewer to wait? I mean, like, are you just kind of like you got so much stuff going on, you don't think about it? We're excited. We anticipate it. We check it. Uh-huh. But we we've Pulling grown those nails every chance you get. Yeah, that's barrel aging. It's ready when it's ready. Yeah. 
something. Well, that's my bucket list thing. I keep telling all these brewers that I'm talking to. I'm like, hey, how do I get in on one of the tasting? You know, where you're pulling a nail out of a few barrels. I want to sit down on that. Well, you should come by. Taste, you know. Should come by Thursday well, and th- pull some nails. I will be here on Thursday. I'm not. Uh, you don't say that because I'm gonna show up and you're like, <laughs> why is he here? Somebody escort him out. Replay the recording. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. true. I'd be like, it's right I, here. I swear to God. Adam's our escort her too, so he'll. He's the guy. Yeah. Is he big yeah. guy too? No, he's, he's little, but he's 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 like he's MMA. Like me. We he actually do have an MMA guy, so he might escort you out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! So I should not show up on Thursdays. What you're saying? No, show up. I don't want to get hurt. This should be fun. Well, we've done about an hour and a half, guys. Anything else you want to cover? I mean, what what else did we, did we miss? Anything? I mean, I just wanted anything recent that you're that, that are doing right now. I just took releases. up like cross stitch, so if we want to talk about that, we could do that. Well, cross stitch. Yeah, <laughs> let's no, talk. About I'm just it. full of shit. Uh, no, <laughs> that's all I got. No, I mean, it's just amazing how this landscape changes every day, and staying relevant, and really happy to be part of this community of awesome people. It doesn't look like you're hurting over here. I mean, it looks like pe- people are in in these doors every day, and it's th- opening at three o'clock. I mean, uh, j- let's let's go ahead and. I know people use the interwebs and all that for all this stuff, but we'll go ahead and just tuck it in there. You guys are open, what, Tuesday through Sunday? Monday? No, every day. Oh, but you're, you're open Mondays too? Yep. That's good. That's a good business move to me. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. there's like three breweries that are open on Mondays. Yeah, well, what did it for us was like all the people that were driving by here on Monday trying to get in. Honking and yelling. Like, Son of a bitch. Check, check the <laughs> website. We're not open. But So after, you know several months of see- turning people down we're like why, why why not right we got let's 19 people let's open why not let's go so monday and then is every day 3 to 11 on the weekdays or is it so it's uh monday through thursday 3 to 10, three to 10. and then noon to 11 friday saturday and then uh noon to 7 on sunday so you can get in here anytime we'll see address just in case just in case people don't know how to use google maps hold on a second let me look it up <laughs> stop 20, 2300 Wisconsin. Guys, he knows the address. <laughs> 2300 Wisconsin Avenue, um, Downers Grove, Illinois, uh, 60515, if that's the way you roll. The Dirty DG. The no. DG. But you All could right. walk here from the Metro. Yeah. Which is nice. That's but you shouldn't be so subtle about that. You can walk here from the Metro, guys. Yeah, that's right. Get on the train and get over here. Is that where you're halfway. Oh, you city folk, <laughs> come on out here. Yeah, That's yeah. right. We do crawlers and growlers. So uh, Crawlers, growlers. You guys you guys have some to-go stuff. You got your cans, cans in the yeah. cooler. Yeah. Uh, you got cheese. You guys have cheese. You guys have uh, awesome, like, breadsticks or something. I feel like I've eaten breadsticks here. Yeah, we have breadsticks, cheese, and bring in your own food. It's great pizza place down the street. And Los Dos Mexicans, delicious. So. Los Dos. Beef jerky, Dan's pizza. Yeah. You got it. Dan's pizza, for sure. <laughs> and... You can play Uno. Just make sure you put all the cards back. No, but yeah. honestly, I appreciate you guys sitting down with me and doing the podcast. It uh, helps f- fulfill this little boy's dream of broadcasting craft beer stories. Awesome, man. Glad to be part of it. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah. So, again, Alter Brewing in Downers Grove. Um, I've been sitting here with uh, David. He prefers David because that's mm-hmm. what his mom called him. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> and Mark here. So, Mark... Head brewer, I guess you'd call yourself. And do you like titles, not like titles? I'm brewer. And business boss, uh, <laughs> David. Yeah. Business badass, whatever he wants to call him. It's on his card. <laughs> you'll, 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 
business douchebags good. <laughs> See, I feel like that's what I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Not because of you, but that's that's, that's the way I would right. demean myself on Can't this. make fun of yourself. What are you going to do? Yeah, you can't make fun of yourself. All right. Well, that's been uh, episode 16, Alter Brewing in Downers Grove. It's been a bu- uh, average shows above average beer podcast. And we are out of here. Say Cheers. goodbye, guys. Later, Cheers. Joe. Cheers. Cheers.